Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. On today's episode, St. John, he is a rapper slash melodic music maker slash kind of singer. You know the rap that people are doing now. He is a master of it. Interesting way St. John found himself to The Red Pill. We had a hip-hop legend, an influencer, an unbelievably important man, Kareem Bids Burke, on The Red Pill earlier. You guys go check that episode out if you if you haven't yet. It was amazing. Um, and I asked Biggs, who obviously was one of the three guys that started Rockefeller Records along with my homie Damon Dash and uh, that guy named Jay-Z. I think you've heard of that guy. <laughs> yeah. So those three guys started Rockefeller. And when I asked Biggs if he was going to start Rockefeller today or um, a huge movement like that today, which artist out there would he start it with? And I was expecting to hear any of the greats out there. I was expecting to hear... Cole, Drake, shout out to my homie Wale, any of the guys out there that people really love that you would build a label around right now. Um, and he didn't say any of those guys. The guy that he said was St. John. St. John, a uh, rapper out of Brooklyn, has amazing music. He turned me on to St. John. I then met him in person. The brother has an unbelievably interesting story coming from uh, Brooklyn, uh, but also from Guyana. Uh, this uh, a, a meshing of worlds that leads to this sound. He's also one of those dudes that when you sit down and talk to him, you get a real feel for why he is going to be a star. You get a real feel for the it factor that a lot of a lot of people have um, that you try to put your finger on. We talk about a lot of the issues in hip hop today, a lot of the issues in music today. We talk about how hip hop is going to address our women, how hip hop has to reform itself what music means to him, what true expression means to him, and how he gets away with some of the fashion choices that he makes. Because this brother be, I, one time I was hanging out with him and he had pajamas on. And I, I can't do that. I'm not one of those wearing pajamas type guys. So uh, <laughs> it was an enlightening conversation with St. John. We're going to get into that interview in just one second. Hopefully you can be with us. We actually had a different sort of intro rant that we had planned. Um, we had recorded it. Uh, I think it was last week. We might still talk about it because it's something that I want to talk about, but we scrapped it and I'm doing a new one right now as we speak because of something that happened earlier today. Uh, Jesse Smollett. Um, you know Jesse from uh, Empire. You know Jesse from movies like uh, Alien, Covenant. Um, you know Jesse from, from his work on the stage. You know Jesse from his 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 work as a singer. Um, but a lot of people also know Jesse Smollett as a fearless advocate uh, for black and LGBT rights, um, as someone who is on the ground uh, trying to educate people about AIDS and, and, and how that affects both communities that he's a member of, um, about systemic inequality, and always using his voice to uh, uplift someone else. The first time I met Jesse, Actually, it might be the only time I've ever met Jesse. I was in the Arclight, and he came over to me and said, what's up? I appreciate you. He showed love. He was doing this while he was actually helping uh, an elderly lady, um, I guess, into a movie. He might have been a member of his family or, or something like that, but he took the time to come say hello and what's up to me. Since then, we've had some correspondence. I went out to the Black Family Reunion and supported um, Philip Wilson and some of the, the things that he does out there to make sure that uh, – our people are equipped with what they need to fight the battle that is still being fought um, against AIDS. 
uh, Justice Millett was attacked. He was attacked by racist um, and homophobic guys who identified themselves uh, as MAGA supporters. They apparently during this attack that took place in Chicago recently yelled out that this is MAGA country. They asked Justice Millett if he was the, uh, they called him a homophobic slur and asked him if he was the homophobic slur from Empire. Then they attacked him. They poured bleach on him. And reports are also saying, from what we've gathered, that they put a noose on him, put a noose on his neck. So this seems to be a very uh, calculated and vicious racist and homophobic attack. I, I want everyone to take this moment in for a second. And the reason why I want people to take this moment in is because there's a lot of reasons why when oppressed people are talking to you, that you should listen. The reason why you should listen is because these fights are life and death. You hear this all the time and it's frustrating sometimes that I feel like the larger swath of society uh, doesn't believe what we're saying. They think that we're griping, they think that we're belly aching, they think that we're complaining. One of our most fearless warriors just had an attempt on his life. That's the truth just had, who was just assaulted for his beliefs, for trying to help other people. So by using his voice in a positive, nonviolent, and constructive way, Justice Millett was made a victim. The current administration, whether you like it or not, whether you support them for whatever reason that you support them or not, the current administration is complicit in all of this stuff. The current administration dog whistles to people who would do things like this. The current administration uh, quietly and sometimes not so quietly endorses things like this by not condemning them. And I'm going to say this one last time. If you're supporting this administration for any reason, you're complicit in this. This is on you. And everything else like this that happens, be it to the black community, be it to the LGBT community, be it to the Jewish community, it's on you. If you, at any point, put those people in power, wherever you are, whatever you do, for whatever reason, this is on you. Now, we've all made bad decisions. We've all made decisions without really thinking them through, without really considering what the actual reality of those decisions are. So if you did that, it doesn't make you a terrible person. It doesn't make you a vile person. You supported a terrible person. You supported a vile person. And now you have some version of the vile America that that person promised you. What would make you a terrible person, what would make you a vile person is that seeing where the country is right now, you continue that support. Now, I don't have much to say about the people that empowered the current administration. We told you then what was going to happen, and we've been telling you, but this is not a new cry. We've made the attempt as the sort of overlooked and victimized people in this country for generations to tell you just how bad things were. What's going to end up happening is we're going to stop talking to y'all. 
We're going to stop talking to the people that continue to make choices and decisions that put our lives in danger. We need to stop talking to y'all. I think it's time for the conversation to cease. I think it's time for us to speak to one another. I think it's time for freedom, justice, and equality-loving people to make a pact that we're going to talk to each other and go to war with the people that don't care about those things. That we are going to fight tooth and nail for people like Jesse Smollett. We're going to fight tooth and nail for people like Trayvon Martin, for people like Philando Castile, for people like Eric Garner. And even though these names ring out, I don't know if we're fighting as hard as we should have been. I don't know if we're fighting the right way. But what I do know is we've made the attempt to try to make people see what our experience is. And the harder we try, it seems like the more we're ignored. You're afraid of losing a specific version of America. You can have it. That version of America that you want, it's yours. You want to make America great again? Have at it. The version of America that we're going to build, and we are going to do it, has nothing to do with your system. It has to do with tearing that system down and building one that works for ourselves. Now, I don't want this to come across like I'm in my feelings right now. Um, moments like these where we know that victimization has happened because people have been doing the right thing should motivate us to do two things. One, it should motivate us to reach out to Jesse Smollett. To right now, everyone, everyone, no matter where you are, let Jesse know how much you love him. Let Jesse's family know just how much you love them. Let him know, if you haven't before, how important his voice has been, how much you admire his voice, and just how thankful you are to have had someone who is willing to put it on the line for you. Make sure that that happens. Number two, all the people that we know are against us, stop acting like they are friends. Find common ground with the people that are willing to step in the same places as you. Everybody else, don't be afraid to make some enemies. Don't be afraid to have some adversity. This entire thing is about olive branches, but it's also about arrows. And if you believe in America or what America could be or what America should be or what America has never been, then it might just be time to put it on the line for that. I'll hold myself accountable to do more. You hold yourself accountable to do more. But the reality is that the way we've always been dealt with is marginalization, violence, and oppression. And the question is, how long are we going to let them get away with it? All right. That's enough. Jesse, I'm praying for you, dog. Praying for you, man. Praying for your family. Praying for, I know this won't stop you. Um, we love you. I love you. Keep doing your thing. 
Pops and Pills is getting the St. John right now. Yo, let me see this real quick. Let me see. Is this a uh, is this a key to a Porsche? It looks like it. It looks like a Porsche key to me. I think it is. Let me tell you something. It's happening again, Maddie. What's up? I'm getting stunted on. Wow. Is that what that is? Is it's that happening the- again? I'm getting stunted <laughs> on again. You know what? It is it, it, it People sit in the seat where you sitting right there. Damn. And they stun on me. This is reoccurring? It's a reoccurring theme of well, I, me getting stunned on, man. I just had the Porsche keys on right here by the look, mic because hey, it made hey, more look, sense. You had the Porsche key by the mic. Yeah. And I see the Porsche key and now we're talking about it. Hey, I just want all of you broke motherfuckers like me listening to this podcast to Jeez. look. The Porsche uh, key looks like a little Porsche. So, you know what they should do? It's dark out here. It, it is. It, the Porsche key looks like a little Porsche. I should have these made, and then I could sell them, and then dudes could really get they come up in the clubs in LA. I mean, you get sued crazy, but you, not before you got rich. Not before I got rich. <laughs> you feel me? White people in the room, clap for St. John. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, bro. Yeah. So, let me tell you, I had heard your name buzzing around, right? Mm-hmm. But when I first, like, dove into your music... And sort of your whole deal, it was because I asked a question and the answer I got was different than what I thought it was going to be. Okay? So, Biggs is in the house right here. We Biggs was on this podcast. And I asked Biggs, uh, you know, someone who is incredibly important in the culture, making stars, making iconic stars, making iconic movements. I said, if you had... I think we talked about this before. I said, if you were going to make the next Jay-Z, because they all built this amazing thing together. If there was going to be one artist out there that you would build a new sort of label, a new sort of Rockefeller movement, a new sort of whole deal around, who would it be? And he said, you. That's wild. His answer mm. was St. John. That's, that's still wild. That, it, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's a little wild. What, when, when you hear that type of... Um, those type of accolades, that type of admiration come from people like that. What does it mean? I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't quantify that. Like, right. meaning you, I can't tell you what that means because mm. there's no way to even describe. That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this don't even make sense. Like this is a real thing. Like I'm yeah. really here. This is, like, a, it's like a big deal. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't. Does it ever? Because I know a lot of people, like, for example, let's say that that was me that that happened to. Mm. I would go back in my head and I would call some of the girls in high school that wouldn't fuck with me. And I would be like, did you hear? I'm on. We out of here. Right. For you being an artist and continuing to create, knowing that, you know, you have this sort of movement and it's working. I always ask that question. What was it like? What is it like to know that your art is working? It's touching people. You're like, you're getting to where you want to go. Like... What's what's the thing? How do you feel now? It's not a place where you rest. I don't I don't I don't feel anything. How I really feel mm-hmm. when I wake up in the morning, I wake up like it's not working. Think it's yeah. That's what I wake up and say it's not working. It's mm-hmm. not happening. It's not impacting. People right. aren't responding because that that allows me to get to the next day with a lot more fire, a lot more intensity than I woke up with the day before. Mm. Like that's how I keep going. So I'm there's no moment where I really take to celebrate anything. I there's not for me. It's nothing to celebrate. It's just okay. We're right. starting to have some impact. People are paying attention. 
meaning people are listening. That was the only thing. That was the only intent. Can you hear this music that I'm making? Is it cool? You like these shows? You like these sexy leather pants that I made? Is that cool? Sexy leather pants. That's the name <laughs> <Right>? of the podcast. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, sexy leather pants with St. John right there. That's the name of the podcast. I like that. Uh, tell me, give, tell me your story. Like we 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 spoke a little bit, but I want everybody out there. They want to hear the St. John story. So I'm from Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn, and I grew up bouncing between Brooklyn and Georgetown, Guyana. Oh wow! Right? So Guyana's in South America for people that don't really know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it's a Caribbean culture, but it's South American mm -hmm. in geography. Sounds fancy. It just means the shit is next to Brazil. <laughs> and, and niggas talk with an accent, but it's English. You know? Right. Just I to oversimplify it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my you now my parents are super poor. My mom, she would come here, she'd work as a nurse's aide, and then she would, we'd be here with her for three years, me and my, brother, my brothers and my sister. Mm -hmm. and then she'd send us back because she couldn't afford to really have us here, right? Because these four kids are just from my mom alone, and she's raising us alone, and my pops is overdoing whatever pops is doing in another country, mm -hmm. and she's trying to make it work, so, you know, we hopscotch between mm -hmm. the two continents. But we were poor everywhere. Mm -hmm. But it felt different. Right, right, right. right so. Right. When you see poverty in two different continents and two different lights, yeah, it gives you perspective. Like? Yeah, because poor here is not nearly, I would imagine, I mean, first of all, poor sucks wherever you are. Right. Poor is huff. But I think there's a difference in the way we view poverty here in America and some of the things that brothers and sisters and people all, you know, of all different creeds and nationalities are going through in other places where the poverty is really gripping and suffocating like that. Yeah. So you saw that. I saw that. And the difference between poverty here and poverty in the first world poverty and poverty in third world or emerging economies, mm -hmm. it's like a bad record deal. Poor in America is like a bad record deal. Mm -hmm. You're fucked, but there's a lot of options. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like you're stuck here, but you got some options. Yeah. Poor in Guyana means you got to sell this coconut or you got to sell... Um, this mango, or you got to oil up and become a thief or something like that. Yeah. That's what, like, poverty for real. Like, like you real, really can't feed yourself. Real, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, no yeah. government assistance. There's no subsidized homes. It's, you just, you're done. Mm. You're done. You, you're you going to be a hustler. You're going to be a killer. You, you're going to turn yourself into something that you don't, you weren't supposed to become because of your circumstances. That's in another country. In America, you're poor and you're in the projects and you got food stamps, mm -hmm. right? You yeah. still... There's a mentality to it, right? There's a culture to it that sort of keeps you there. But there's a little bit of wiggle room. Right. A little bit. It's enough that people with a whole, whole, whole lot of imagination mm -hmm. can maybe squeeze out. Yeah. The rest... Being poor in the richest country in the world is yeah. different than being poor in one of the poorest countries. In Absolutely. The world. Yeah. So you, you're you going back and forth between, um, you said Guyana and where? And Brooklyn. And Brooklyn. Yeah. At one point, do you kind of settle in Brooklyn and you stop moving back and forth? I think it was right after like my first year, like my first year of high school, my first year of high school, I went back to Guyana. Like I was going to high school here and I was, I, you know, in high school in America is wild. It's like- High school is wild. Yeah, high school is wild. High school in New York is crazy. Tell me about high school in New York. I'm from Louisiana. All right, so so you have you have a whole class, third period. Y'all learn about Tim's and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> he's, 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 yo, he's, this is a shot. I'm just, that's not, I'm just it's saying. It's a whole like, shot. He brother, took a whole shot saying, right I, here. I, I went to New York, and actually, uh, Biggs' brother was one of the people that was like, yo, I'll just let you know, like, niggas going to know you're not from around here. Shout out to Maul. You got to get them Tim's right. And they, and <laughs> Maul and my dude, Wax, they... 
relace. They no, they didn't get down and read. They taught me how to like redo my Tims. I was like, yo, your Tims is too oh, tight. Oh, you had your shit laced up all the way up, like a bozo. That's marine. a bozo move. We can't do that, baby. Nah, nah, no, don't put a marine. Don't put a cool word on it. Don't put a cool word on it. Take that away. Marine, I had my shit laced up to the tip top. Oh man. But nah, so you're saying high school in New York? High school in New York is absolute wild. High school in New York is like college for everybody else anywhere else in the world because you don't got no rules and you just you wild. These were animals in New York. It just breeds a lot of. It just breeds that type of intention, that yeah. like intensity in people. So I was in high school wilding. I was doing, it was the first time there were no, there's a regimen that you don't have to follow. For instance, you go to um, elementary school, everyone's going to class together, the same classes. Mm-hmm. High school is the first time where you're an adult. You get a different schedule. You get a different schedule than your, than your boys and stuff yeah, like so that. I, so I decided not to go. I wasn't going to school. I was like, school's for what? Right. I got these bitches at the crib. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Life is glorious. And my mom ain't like that, so she sent me back to Guyana. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it ended like after my second year of high school when I came back. And then I, I fell in love with music before that. My mm. brother's a rapper. And I, I was just supportive. And I used to steal his raps. Oh, okay. That was it. It was simple. I would steal his raps. He was a couple years older than me, so his shit was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would go to school and rap his shit, and it sounded genius. And then when I went back to when I went to Guyana, I didn't have the supply of raps to steal, so I had to write them. Ah, yeah. necessity. Now necessity. you gotta put your pen to work. Right. Work. Yeah. Now in Guyana, were there people to rap with? Like was like I a mean, lot of people doing hip hop, and like you guys can have little ciphers and whatever like that. Yeah, because American culture is like international culture at sure. this point. Hip hop is internationally the number one music in the world. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. So there's always gonna be somebody who raps. They're gonna rap terrible, but at least you got somebody to spar with a little bit. Right. I feel you. Now you know what's interesting is like your music is hard to. Is is it's hard to like when I when I when people ask me like yo you fucking with this guy like because I did this thing on um uh on Instagram where I put up I just like to know what people are searching for not what you're listening to but what you're searching for so I took a, took a screenshot of the last things that I searched in title by the way let y'all know title's not paying me I use title. I don't know what y'all like. Why people always gotta be getting the check? Yo, like, he's like, clarifying. Like, like, no, I'm saying like, like I like they go. I'm, I'm like, yo, title only. You know, black owned shit. So people are like, yo, you getting a check from title? Never nope. gotten a check from title. <laughs> Title's not paying me. Um, but and people saw you up there, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are still just first getting on to you, and they go, yo, like compare them to someone, and it's hard to make a comparison because right. your music is so, uh, is so unique. Do you feel like the blending of the cultures that you had access to or that you were a part of during your formative years is the reason why? Um, did that have an effect on your music, sort of being in Guyana, back to Brooklyn, going back and forth? You got, you know, Tim's here, flip-flops here. <laughs> right. Is that the whole thing? Is that kind of, did that yeah. affect you? <clears throat> yeah, I'd have Tim's here and I'd have Clark's here. Clark's, that's right, you right, right, right. Or Clark's. Right, Clark's. Right. So how did, that, how did that affect you, though? You know, I didn't know it wasn't even intentional because in Guyana, I'm only listening to dancehall. I'm listening to Spraga, Buju, and Beanie, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's that's what that's what you're still listening to. Right. And there's Movado and everybody else, right? And um, so when I came back here and I'm listening to Jay, that's what full circle is, right? Because I grew up listening to Jay. I was listening to the same doctrines everybody else is listening yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mixture, the blend, only thing I could imagine without something else falling from the sky is it's like it's a combination of what if you got Jay and Beanie and you you kept making records you kept mixing that concoction mm-hmm. the Jay-Z and Beanie Man and 
over and over and time over and, time and over and, and over again until yeah. you get a different iteration. You're part Jay Z, part Beanie Man. Now all those influencers are in one. Yeah. Right. So basically, what you just said is that you rap like Jay Z. Whoa. You're as good as Hov. I didn't. Dun 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 dun. I like next on TMZ. <laughs> next on the t- next on Van Lathan. St. John says he Saint raps Johnson. like. There's that a new guy. Jay Z. There's a new guy from Brooklyn. He's coming at the throne. He says he raps better than Jay Z. Well, and then we get a bunch of people to say shit, and then we write a weird headline. Anyway, wow. um, so at this point, you come back. You're in high school. You're doing your music thing. Um, did you did you go through high school and finish? Yeah, I finished. Okay, good for me. Clap it up. Yeah, clap it up. Clap it up. For finishing high school. I'm telling y'all. Graduate. Yo, all y'all out there that didn't finish, that's talking about rapping, y'all better be good. Um, you gotta be real good. Better be real good. Yeah. So, around what point in your career is this? Like, this is, I mean, what, what point in your life is this? Because you're how old now? I never talk about age. Okay. Right? Interesting. Why not? It's a concept, right? It's a. It's something that I, I picked up on in the last, like, couple years. Mm-hmm. If the 11-year-old version of me mm-hmm. was listening. Right. And I had to give him some advice or give her some advice, and I'm guiding them. My story ain't gonna look nothing like this. Mm-hmm. It can't be a blueprint for you. It can't be a template for you. It's just an outline of some laws right. that you should probably learn from and adhere from. Right. So I don't. I can't give you the same shot clock because mm. it won't work out the same way for you. So that's not what's important. Right. That's not the thing that you highlight. Whenever you see an artist that you like, and um, it's like. This age artist, it's almost like you're creating this box for them Word. that it's important because of this. Right now, it, it's nothing, nothing to hide. True. It's just I don't want to. I don't want to. Because when you say that, a lot of people are gonna be like, "St. John is 48 years old." Right. I'm cool. I wish it's cool. That would mean I'd look great <laughs> for fucking 48. By the way, I love an older bitch. Right. So <laughs> sign me the fuck up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. know, I'm cool with a cougar. Mm. A maxi dress, sign yeah. me up. Silk like something. A, yeah. a nice, um, like what do you call them? Uh, what, what does Hillary Clinton wear? The suit, the suit, the suit pants. What do you call them? The pantsuit. The pantsuit. Yo, I'll take a pantsuit. A pantsuit looks good. I'll take some big titties in a pantsuit. That's I got cool. you. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. that's cool with me. It's wilding. Um, yeah. So... It, you you you're you're in high school. You start to do the music full time. Is there anything else that you're doing at this time? Do you have like a fucked up job? You working at Five Guys? Yeah, I had like a that? fucked up job. My fucked. I was different. I was my fucked up jobs. I was finessing. Mm. So my like first proper job. I was managing a hotel. Word. Yeah. Not even not too long ago. Like I'm not a managing a hotel. Yeah. So how do you finesse it when you manage in a hotel? Because I told him, uh, it's different now. I could afford it. Fuck it. Now, I ain't right. going back to that hotel. Niggas got to come see me. Right. <laughs> I told him, I started a record label and I was running a record label unsuccessfully. I said, I, I ran an unsuccessful record label. It failed. I lost a lot of money. I had this amount of employees. This was sprinkle of the truth. It kind of felt like the truth. Mm. I had a, I was putting out music mm. and <laughs> my homie was with me and we were trying to, Get it on the DSPs, like Spotify and Tidal and Apple. And yeah. I was reaching out like I was a publicist. And so I'm like, oh, that's distribution. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's recording. Right, 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 right. You understand? Mm-hmm. That's managing. I'm yeah. going to shows. I got to manage the tour mm-hmm. that I'm on at the three shows. Right. I was like, oh, I ran a, I'm running a record label. Right. Responsibly. There's a name it's, for that. Yeah. Non-truth lies. <laughs> I like that. They're not, it's, it's, it's not, it's like, it's not not true. Right. But it's not true. How about this? I'm going to color it better for you. Go for it. An extension of the truth. An extension of the truth. Yeah. So you didn't lie. You gave an extension of the truth. A version of the truth. Yeah. So at this point, you're doing the music. You're doing that. 
um, and you start really leaning into it. You start really getting into the music at this point. Do you quit your hotel job? Nah, so the first real music check that I ever got uh, is I, got, I did a publishing deal. I mm. did a publishing deal. People don't know what a publishing deal is. Explain to them. Publishing is like the pennies business. Publishing is the other side, writing the music. Ghostwriters get paid from publishing, right? So if you write a record for whoever, it don't matter, name an artist, mm. and you wrote that, the chorus, and 100% of that song is 100% of the song, and because you wrote the chorus, you own 20% of the songwriting. Right. When that song becomes a number one record and makes $4 million, mm -hmm. hopefully you would have seen at least $200,000 from that. That's right. not the math, but it, you know what I'm saying? That's how I got my first my Writing first for move. someone else. Yeah, yeah. And the mm. first couple of things I did, like I wrote records for Usher and uh, a couple, Nico and Vince, a couple other people. And I was like, oh, this is the back door. Mm. That was the back door in the music. Right. Because nobody's looking at you with a third eye if you come in as a writer. No one suspects the maid is going to become the president. Right. Also, when you're a writer, you come in talent first and not image first. Yeah. So when you're when you're when you're a writer, people know that yo your pen is ill. There's always going to be something to harvest. Right. Even if people not fucking with whatever, whatever, they can still. So they're more apt to write. I know a lot of cats that wrote for years and years and years and years and years, and then. You know, record labels like, yo, go ahead and give you some space to do kind of whatever it is that you're doing. Right. You know what? I would imagine, though, for you, everything about you sort of, uh, it, it screams creative, but it also screams, you have a you have a, a star era, uh, aura to you, like a vibe. You know what I'm saying? Well, we went to a, it was a brunch. We all went to the brunch, and we was all dressed in regular clothes, and you had silk pajamas on. Right. And like I'm like, well, there's the nigga who the brunch is for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like they're like I'm I, like I poured over. I wore a champion sweat a sweatshirt, and it took me a long time to pick that out. I was like, shit, man, there's gonna be rappers here. <laughs> like, what do I do? You know, what do I do? I come in, and you got the. So, was it hard for you to be in the background? Was it hard for you to kind of play that position? Did you always were you writing just trying to break out? Well, here's the thing. The first thing you learn is to be a role player. Mm -hmm. Right? You're a team leader when you're an artist. Right. You become a team leader. As a writer, you're a contributor. You're not the quarterback. You're on the defensive line. And you're just waiting for an opportunity to show up and show that you're worth something. Right. It took some humility. It took, it took saying, even if you deserve to be number one, go prove it. Mm -hmm. Sit still. Pay attention. Um, so it was a bit challenging, but I wanted to be great at it. Right. So I focused myself into my art and I muted myself. Mm. You can mute yourself. It's possible. Yeah. You don't have to everything loud doesn't have to be talk you know, talkative. Right. Uh so I did that and when it was time, when I there was a ceiling, there's a glass ceiling in the writing and I I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy other people telling my stories for me. Right. Because you're writing them and those things are coming from your heart, they're coming out of your mind, they're coming from your experience and you wanna be the voice that like kinda belts them out into the world. Right, if you can do it, if you can successfully do it. I don't mean successful by numbers. I mean successfully by creatively doing it. Some writers should just write. Mm. Some writers don't have a voice. Just because you have a pen doesn't mean you got a voice. You got a pen so you have a perspective. Mm -hmm. You got a voice, that's a whole other tool. Even as a writer, I respected that. I looked at vocalists and I didn't think they were different or less than of a 
an, you know, a, a writer or Some artist. people do. No, nah, you can't. Some people do. Like, I remember having a conversation about, um, I think it's her birthday today. So, uh, so God rest her beautiful. So, Aaliyah, back in the day, I was talking to one of my friends, and two of my friends were in a, um, in a music group. And one of them was like, well, you know, people like Aaliyah and Whitney Houston don't write, so they're not like real artists. And my other homeboy was like, that's like the dumbest fucking thing yeah, I foolish. ever heard before in my life. She was, he was like, a, like first, he goes, first of all, Aaliyah and Whitney Houston, they are the instruments. <clears throat> yeah. Like they bring things to life. They bring life into them. They make them beautiful. They, they do all kinds of things. And plus, when they get into it, they don't take a song and just like, they get into a song and they breathe their own life and their own persona and they put their, themselves into it. So it's yeah. interesting to hear someone that writes a lot kind of have that opinion of of, of, of people who, who who are more strictly just kind of singers. No, absolutely. Listen, would you ever look at an artist? Would you ever look at one of your favorite, like Daniel Day-Lewis as mm -hmm. an actor and say he's not an artist? Right, he didn't write his words. And he's not writing those words. Yeah. But he's translating them. And translating emotion is not something that just you fall into. That's a skill set. Mm -hmm. So that person just using their voice, that's a talent. If you could just use your voice to get money, you do it too. Right. Yeah. Right. Let me tell you about something about St. John. Um, we're talking about, like, he wanted to name an actor right there. I want the audience to pay attention to this. He, want, he was using, he was making his point, and he wanted to name an actor. The actor that he named was Daniel Day-Lewis. Now, while y'all motherfuckers are Googling that right now, Daniel Day-Lewis is one of the finest actors in the history of the world. Okay, there will be Blood, Gangs of New York, uh, Lincoln... My it's left phenomenal. foot, last of the Mohicans, mm -hmm. uh, all of these. Like, but you really got to be a cinephile to just call his name off the top of your head. Like stuff like that tells me just how artistic you are. Were you ever the weird kid? Were you ever the kid mm -hmm. that people didn't get it? Like, you know, what I'm saying that people didn't get how you were dressing. They didn't get how you were acting. They didn't get how any of that stuff. Was there ever a point that sort of the creative vibe coming from you was too much for people. I mean, I dressed interestingly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I even if you go on my if you go on my Gucci um satchel, I'm gonna call it that. I like that word. Jesus Christ. You go on my Gucci satchel. <laughs> like, hold on, yeah, let Jesus me, Christ. Let you grab it real quick. Gucci. And I it's got, not important that it's satchel. Gucci, but I just wanted to identify my because satchel comes from IKEA. She might not I get all those IKEA bags and I reuse them. I like Man, IKEA too. Hey, right? Do me a favor. Do it real quick. Get the fucking satchel off my table. <laughs> wait, 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 I'm sick of like, look, 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 look. All this stunting on me today. Like you this. have another, you have a wait, 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 wait. Is that this? I get Chanel? my phone calls. Is that Chanel? Yeah, yeah. So you have a Chanel yeah. wallet like inside this. the Gucci <laughs> satchel. Well, you gotta protect it, so yeah. Are you gonna open that up and then have like a fucking Louis Vuitton? Like what? Like what else you got? Let me see this. What's in? What's in? Go look John's it. Take a look. Satchel? Let's see. <clears throat> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This nigga got. This is a. This is interesting. This is gonna play very well visually. This. This dude has a rapper kit. <laughs> there. There's a rapper kit inside of here because you could tell. All right. So what if you had inside somebody's satchel as a rapper kit? What would you have? What items would you have inside the satchel? Number one, of course. You would have marijuana. <laughs> I don't even smoke. That's which, crazy. Which he has inside of the kit. Oh, if you're a rapper and you're going from state to state, what else might you need? Oh, a Magnum condom. St. John ain't going to be hiding the world from this kid. St. John ain't going to be hiding the world from nobody. No. Uh, right. Like, what else we got in here? We Keep got, going. um, 
Oh, there you go. Cannabis infused mints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that phones and all kinds of stuff like that. So I see you. Oh, 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 you know what else you need? You need flushable wipes. Facts. Because you can't Facts. trust all these hoes that you No, need. you can't. Not all of them. <laughs> Not none oh, of them. Ladies. There's another joint, too. Pull out the pink joint. What's this? Oh, what is, I don't even know what this is. You don't, but you will. Open it up. What is this? Introduce yourself. All right. Love yourself now. There you go. Oh, wow. What is this? You smell this? better than you ever smelled. Oh, I do. Oh. Yeah. Woo. Let it sink in. Woo. That's Creed. Wow, what is, what is this, bro? That's Creed. God damn. Yeah. I feel sexy now, man. You do. What, Something like, about you changed. What is, what, what is Creed? Now. What is this? What Creed is, is like, Creed is basically baby oil for sexy niggas, and I'm a... <laughs> that's what it is. That's but, what it is. That's what's in, but, I, but the rapper kid is interesting, man. I don't see nothing. See, I wish I, I wish there was something. Look at this. Let me, let me see how this is hitting right here. Oh, yeah, for my friend. Yeah? You like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I do. Of you know what? I can't come on your show and not give you a gift. That's you. What, this me right here? Yeah, take care of yourself. Oh, take wow. Look at this. Gifts. I want to introduce the, yeah, give it up for the, the spirit John, of man. giving. He's Gifts. charitable, bro. Yeah, there you go. Light one up. Yeah. So, um, you always, it, it, there was never a time where you, because a lot of artists talk about, like, you never had your awkward phase. You never went through the phase of being awkward. Never even any times, in, nah. even being an immigrant kid. How did the black kids in America treat you? Know well, you know what? Because my first name is um, Carlos St. John. That's my name, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a black, I'm a nigga from Guyana mm-hmm. in Brooklyn in the 2000s growing up. I don't speak Spanish, right? You mm-hmm. would think. So I'm not Puerto Rican. I'm not Dominican, but my name is Carlos. Mm-hmm. I got an accent, but I'm not Jamaican. From a country that's South American, mm-hmm. but Caribbean. The right. whole shit was confusing. Right. The whole shit was fucked up. So I had to look real good. You understand? Like, <laughs> oh, you can't win. Right. You're going to have to look good. Your skin going to have to be smooth. Your teeth going to have to be straight. Right. Because your whole story fucked up. The whole story was crazy. Right, 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 right. So you, you felt you, 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 you had to bring it every single time. Absolutely. Right. right. And I made some interesting dressing choices. Like what? Like you just saw my Chanel. I just saw that. You want to go? Keep going. No, nah, I'm saying, but like, was there ever a time? Do you ever look back? Nah. And be like, you and be like, yo, I was fucked. I look fucked up. Nah, that whole shit was lit. Everything. Every single thing Every you time. wore. I don't care what a nigga showed me. That shit was. Great. Every single thing you wore. You never had like, yo, Not I me. was fucked up. Never. Nope. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real with you. Nah, you just don't understand the context. You I, showed me a bad picture. I'm gonna say that's a bad angle, nigga. That was a great photo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried. No way. <laughs> no way. Can't happen to you. Not me. Never. Not me. No, no, no questionable hairstyles. No, that camera guy's terrible. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. Never. Um, talk about your relationship with women. It's something that that's like uh, it's it's in your music a lot. Mm-hmm. You know your uh, your your music it goes all over the place. Um, you talk about a lot of different things, but you talk about your situation with the ladies. Tell talk talk about. Right now, as men, um, we're having to relearn how to appreciate our women. Yeah. Let's just let's just put it out there. Publicly. Publicly. Yeah. We're, we're having to relearn how to appreciate our women. We're having to, some of us are having to learn for the first time what it means to actually appreciate a woman. Right. To you, what does it mean to appreciate a woman? I mean, well, it's like vast. It's, it's, it means being respectful, mm-hmm. right, and considerate. And consideration, this, I feel like this is a Valentine's Day segment. That's why I feel like this just went into. Okay. Right? <laughs> it's like, how do we appreciate our women? What we have we to. You know, we we gonna we're gonna rap about it. We gotta talk about it. There's a lot of things going on out there. We gotta clean this up. I think if you if you're honest, the first thing you gotta be willing to say is I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right? I I think not enough niggas is willing to say, Oh, I'm sorry, I fucked up. All right. My bad, I went left. Right. Right. 
and then um, having consideration. Like if you think of every woman, like they could potentially be your mom, mm-hmm. then it changes the dynamic. It changes the way you approach it. Mm, I'm going to push back right. on you on that. Let me tell you mm-hmm. what people are starting to say now. I wonder how you feel about this. A lot of women feel like when we say that, that we're belittling them. That be, they feel like, okay, so sometimes what we'll do is we'll be like, yo, because it's easy, right? It's easy to go, how would you treat a woman if she was your mother or your sister or your little cousin? But then the other question becomes, how would you treat a woman if she's just a woman, if she's not close to you? You know what I'm saying? How do you feel about that? I can tell you're pondering that deeply. Well, here's the thing. There's, an, there's a closeness that you embrace. You can embrace a woman and you can just respect a woman. And that's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about your your mother, your sister, and it goes further than that, and you, ex- you extend a certain degree of courtesy that you don't have to mm-hmm. to a complete stranger, Right. that's different. I'm talking about general courtesies. Like, yo, uh, let me get that door for you. It's right. all good. Don't Don't trip. Right. I'm not going to talk to you while because I don't have to because that's Word. unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean yeah, uh, just from a respect you. level, from yeah. a, like a humanity level. When yeah, you say you it's know. not necessary to talk to women while, why do you feel like some of us feel like it is necessary? Why, so why do so many brothers feel like it's necessary to talk to women while? I, here's, here's what I won't do, right? Because I'm, I'm from a certain set of circumstances mm-hmm. where niggas behave extremely different. Mm-hmm. And I can't make it out of my situation and look at them without consideration to the parameters in a real fucking intellectual way mm-hmm. of this, the culture was happening. Niggas in the hood is a culture to that, mm-hmm. right? Some of them don't even realize they talking to women. Wow. That's true. They just, it's just the culture. Yeah. Like if you went to Louisiana right now and they had a twang to the way that they spoke. That's where I'm from. Right. That's, yeah. that's the culture. Yeah. It's not. But you, can't there be parts of the culture that are, that are either negative or outdated that absolutely. we need to address? For sure. As, yeah. at the, like, so the question is, and this is so dope that we're talking about this. The question is, without how do we make how do we let our brothers know that what they're doing is wrong and not necessarily that they are wrong? Because sometimes as black men, when we talk about correcting ourselves, we 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 feel assailed by so many different things in America that we forget it's not about us, it's about what we're doing. We need mm-hmm. to change our behavior. Because what you just said is real. That's a, a lot of people are getting on their high horse and going, yo, everybody's all fucked up. Fuck everyone like that. And it makes it makes some brothers feel alienated. But we still got to address what's going on. So how would you say and not to make you the arbiter for all of this, but you're about your 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 I'm telling you right now from having listened to you, you're going to be a real thought leader here. So if you were going to talk to the guys from your community or the guys from where you for understanding the culture, but understanding that maybe it needs to evolve. Do you have any ideas of like what you would say to them or how you would evolve it? Yeah, I think too many times the responsibility or the onus is on this mass, this grand change. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, how do I go? How do I get all of these people to make a different decision? You can't. You give those people the option to make a decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, fam, if you if you want to be more respectful, I'm making a decision. I want to talk to women differently. You can talk to them however you feel like. But you're gonna look crazy. Set a standard within your yeah, crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Word. That's yeah. the word. Yeah, you just set your standards. Set this a is standard what, within the crew that this is kind of what we do. I see. Right. We also gotta make all of this stuff corny. We don't use the weapon of corny as much as we should. It's true. Like, when I was growing up, you didn't wanna be corny. Like, it was nah, too thick. Like, you still don't wanna be corny. You still don't wanna. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I'm like, I don't mind it as much now. Not, but that's because now there's a subculture. Now you can have them on dad sneakers. Yeah, you can I, have I, a dad I, hat. I, you can be listen, on some your corny shit to hey, the max. Let me tell you something. My time is now. 
Okay. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. Well, you got you gonna have it. You know what I'm, I'm gonna be over here. Like my my time is now. I've been waiting for this moment. Like I fought a lot of battles to get to this corny spot, bro. You know what I'm saying? A lot of battles. Now people be like, I, I actually say that I'm corny, and they go, He's not really corny. He's just playing like, Nah, motherfucker, I'm corny. You know what I'm saying? I'm a nerd. It's me. Can you Is let me live? Nerd? No, 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 no. I'm not trying to oppress you. Let me. Yes, you are. Go ahead. Yeah, you are, bro. Live your free. Listen, I said. You can max it out. We all can't wear pajamas at the this party. There's a whole bro. segment now. We can't. You know, pajamas though. Pajamas are for sleeping. That silk was for living. That's a whole other thing. See what the fuck I'm just saying? Did you hear what he just said? I've never in my life had a line like that. Pajamas is for sleep. The silk was for living. I did like that's something you tell somebody. She'd be like, oh my god. Like I like I like I've never in my life had a line like that. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, bro. <laughs> I'm not for like whatever, man. Um, what do you want to get out of music? It's I like I've, I've been seeing you around. I've been seeing you um, on the gram with some grace. It seems like you're in the right circles. Your buzz is building. Uh, we're we're talking to you right now, and we're gonna look back at this this interview. And I really feel like it's gonna be a big because the next time we see you, you're probably gonna come in here with 35 motherfuckers, <laughs> where, where like you know what I'm saying, with all of this shit like that. But no, I like it like that. I like it when it's sentiment. What do you want out of music? Like, I want it to be better. Mm, talk about that. I want it to be better. I make things for my own selfish purposes. And that's the truth. It don't matter what the fuck I make. I made it for me. It was self-serving first. I care what I think the most. Mm. I'm arrogant as fuck in that regard because I care about what I make for me. Mm -hmm. If I want, All I want to do is love it. Right? So if, if everyone was making, or anyone was making exactly what I wanted to hear, just like exactly, they curated my day. They made all the songs I wanted to hear. I'd have no purpose. There's no point. I have no perspective. I don't need to say anything. Someone's articulating exactly what I want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. But it's missing. I want it to be better. I want mm -hmm. to, not saying I make the greatest music on the planet, but I want to. And I wake up trying to do that every day. Mm. Is there anything you see that's wrong with music right now? I think it's expressive. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to... It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like so many people think that there is? So many people think that, like, like I have no problem finding all the fulfilling, amazing, inventive, um, thought-provoking, deep hip-hop that I want. I have no problem. I listen to, from, from hip-hop to, to rock music to, to blues to all of that stuff. Like, I find all the greatest music that I want to listen to. Right. But so many people feel unfulfilled by what's out there in the musical space. No, that's bullshit. Why Any, do you think they feel that way? I think anyone who thinks the music that, like there's not enough good music, mm -hmm. those people are self-serving mm -hmm. and lazy. Right. All you got to do is look. All you got to do is look. Hmm. There's all types of records everywhere. All you really, really got to do is look. Right? right? But I want to oversimplify it for them. You want to make it just come. I'm gonna make it real easy. Just come to just, me. Just come to you. That's what I'd like to do. They get everybody there to get everything that they need from you. So that'd be you, cool. When you when you when you're making music, then does wanting to be the best musician or wanting to make the best music out does it ever get in the way of just simply expressing yourself? No, never. No, never. Because I understand. I think this the essence of the truth of music is just like telling a simple truth. The greatest song is just like a simple, simple truth. Right. Right. So as long as I tell my simple truth on any on any record, it could be expressed as like calculated or as um, freestyle as possible. It don't matter. 
Mm. I don't care. I just want to tell that part of that story. And if I think the song is great. Right. If it's not great, then it's just not great. Right. right. Where's New York right now? And what I mean by that is uh, two of the hottest artists in New York in New York were Cardi and 6ix9ine. is taking a little vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardi is still doing her thing. But New York hip-hop seems to be strong, but it also seems to be... Listen, I'm going to say this. It's dangerous. There's a lot of New Yorkers in hey, this room li- li- right listen. now. Hey, listen. There's a lot I'm of New Yorkers this. in this First room. First of all, I would like to say this. Niggas is tall, too. N- like, I, 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 would I, like, I would like to say this. It's because... I don't know. Niggas from New York get super, super sensitive when you talk about hip-hop and as New- how New York relates to hip-hop. I'm just saying there's an older guard of guys who are obviously Jay's out of here. Mm-hmm. Greatest, most successful, Facts. most visionary, most ridiculously godlike hip hop artist of all time. But when you kind of get down there, it seems like whereas when I was coming up, Big and Jay and all of those guys, they were definitely guys at the top of New York that kind of set an identity. It doesn't seem like New York has an identity right now. Well, what you saw was New York was setting an identity for hip-hop entirely, right? New York set the... Perfect. Right. That that was like, yeah, that was the best way, to, yeah. New York set the identity for hip-hop across the yeah. board. Yeah. Now it seems like it's the other way around sometimes. Well, it doesn't have to be. New York doesn't have to be the flagship store anymore. It's too big. It's so big. Mm. Do you give a fuck where you buy your Nike shoes from? No. You don't care. Mm-mm. You got to go to the flag. You just want it if... You want the fire, wherever they got the fire. The flagship store, that's just some novelty. That's cool for some old niggas who like the idea of where it really, really, really came from. We just want the product. Mm. Young niggas just want the product. Right. I don't care whether they come from Atlanta, Louisiana. I don't care where they come from, Arkansas. So you ask me where New York hip-hop is. and Waiting for the product. Mm. Mm. You don't feel like being a Brooklyn MC is a big fucking deal. Yeah. There's legacy to that. Huge fucking deal. You feel that ever? You feel like I don't ever, feel that pressure. Yeah, like you ever need to? You ever feel like yo? I gotta be mad lyrical here to let niggas know I no. can spit. Never. No. So are you competitive with your hip hop? Yeah. Well, hip hop is so broad. But what I'm saying is, are you competitive to the point to where you like one day you want to be the hottest from New York? That's like very very important to you because it seems to be more important they they beef about everything the the, the fucking podcasters is, is beefing up there like they it's real competitive is that in you truthfully i want to be jordan it's not about new york you want to be jordan i just want to be jordan what that mean i just want to be i want to be the nigga i'm supposed to be it's not about new york it has to be bigger than that hmm. new york isn't the epicenter of the world it's it can be if that's what you want to make it mm-hmm I want to reach the furthest corners of this planet with this music. And that's not, I'm not fighting over five boroughs. No, I feel you. I feel you. Who did you listen to growing up? Jay. Big time? Yeah. 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 I listen to all this shit. Like, like if you, you listen to music in the last three years, like I didn't grow up in the last three years. Like I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. So in the last 10 years, the same shit. Like 50, right. uh, Jay, Kanye, huge, right? Right. Huge. This whole generation is sort of based on Kanye. Yeah. Um, Beanie and Spraga, Buju, Barrington oh, Levy. Right. You know. Barrington that was, Levy. Yeah, that was the mix. 
<clears throat> I didn't grow up listening to rock music. I didn't know anything about rock music. Hmm. When did you start? Listening to rock music? Yeah. I didn't. You don't fuck with rock music. I'm not. It's not offensive to me. Not in that way. Like, I like music. But rock is a segmented genre. When I go fishing around, I don't usually know where to start. Mm. It's good. It's interesting. I think that for for someone like you that plays with so many different forms and styles, I think you would really fucking dig some shit. Austin's white. Austin, like, like, <laughs> I love how I said rock. He said you're white. Yeah. <laughs> like Austin's he white. Said, you know what's going on. Austin, what kind of rock music do you like? Well, I mean, I grew up with Doors, Journey. Yeah. And that's what my parents played me. That's what your parents played them. Yeah. Anything else your parents played for you? They liked a lot Pink Floyd. A lot, just a lot of rock. Yeah. Walk yeah. me through Pink Floyd. Austin. Austin, you're white. Austin, Austin you're white. <laughs> Give Austin a mic. Yeah. Walk him through Pink Floyd real Walk quick. Walk me through Pink Floyd. Dark Side of the Moon, right? Because I tried, the, the reality I, is that, like, when I was in, in college and, like, people would put Dark Side on the Moon and then they would, like, this is the kind of shit that white boys do, like Austin, right? Right. So they get mad high and they always want to, they get mad high and they want to play a game. So when I was in college, the game was, I remember I came into a room one time, some of my homeboys, uh, white dudes, and they were like, yo, what we're about to do is we're about to play Dark Side of the Moon but we're going to do it at the same time that we play The Wizard of Oz. What? Facts. This is crazy. They were, we're going to play Dark Side of the Moon. They was all high, fucked up off shit, and it was timing it. Fam. And they were like, yo, if you play Dark Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz at the same time, the, the album goes completely with the movie. It just syncs up all the time. And this is the stuff that white dudes would do to pass the time. You know what I'm saying? Strange universe. A strange universe. I'm really happy to be from the hood, by the You're way. You're really Thank happy to be. <laughs> I'm passing all that shit. Pause for one second with St. John. We're going to be right back. Got to pay some bills. This week's episode is brought to you by Blinkist. In today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more, especially when the likes of social media can be so addictive and time consuming. So you might think you don't have time to read a book. Or develop yourself, exercise your brain. Think again, Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways and need to know information. So you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. I like Blinkist because I am getting busier and busier by the day. Um, I do not want that busyness to stop me from getting smarter. The most important weapon I have is in my skull, and I want it uh, to continue to grow. I was on a plane just recently flying out to Detroit. Shout out to Jason Wilson in the Cave of Adullam. I use Blinkist uh, to get several books in that I love. When you're on a plane or something like that, you don't have time to read an entire book, uh, but you want the takeaways, you want to get smarter a short amount of time. Blinkist is, is the perfect thing, making you a more healthy, more informed, and intelligent person. One that I would like to recommend to everyone is Start With Why by uh, Simon Sinek. Uh, it's a book that asks the question that is central to greatness. Why are some people so much more um, influential and successful at what it is that they're doing? When I'm talking about people, I'm saying people, individuals, and groups. What are they doing that the rest of us aren't. That is a fundamental question to understanding how you're going to climb the mountaintop of success in your own life. Love some of the lessons 
uh, for that. Also, Factfulness, 10 Reasons Why We're Wrong About the World and Why Things Are Better Than You Think by Vaughn Hans Rosling, Ola Rosling, and Anna Rosling Runlin. I'm almost certain I butchered that. It looks like Scandinavian names or something like that. Sorry for my cultural ignorance. Uh, that is a was a fascinating book that I'm actually going to read the entire thing because you never want to be certain that you know everything. You need to know what you're wrong about, and that book, Factfulness, helped me out with that. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash P-I-L-L to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash pill for your free seven-day trial. Let's get back to St. John right now. So, I guess, bro, it's like I asked you earlier what you wanted out of music. Do you want to make $100 million? Yeah, because it's possible. Right. Do you? But, like, normally when I get rappers in here, it's, it's, it's so easy to pin them down. Like, I always want, like, people don't understand how much your music influences people. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times artists don't get for the fact that, like, I'm going to be honest with you. So, I struggle with anxiety, right? I have an anxiety disorder. So What's it called? It's just an anxiety yeah, disorder? Yeah, a general anxiety disorder. So, mm-hmm. like, whatever happened with me growing up, Sometimes I get in my head too much, I have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Something that happens. There are songs that if I feel myself having a panic attack, I play those songs and I mellow out. And my therapist says that the reason why that happens is because those songs ground me and mentally to a point before my anxiety developed. Hmm. So before I really had this problem, like one of the songs, and this is going to sound really soft, but Sean Stockman, Visions of a Sunset. So, I guarantee I've never heard that, but that is the softest song on the planet. Bro, it has it's to be. Great, like, it's Visions Stockman, of a Sunset. You know Visions what? Visions of a Sunset. I don't want to interrupt you because you were talking about some emotional things, and I like that. But Visions of a Sunset? Visions of a Sunset. It's from the what? Mr. Holland's Opus soundtrack. From Mr. I'm never saying those words. Can have you go back to your story? I'm never saying whatever he just said. No big. You ever seen Mr. Holland's Opus? This. <laughs> don't don't try to Simone, incriminate niggas. Simone, you ever seen Mr. Holland's Opus? No. Nobody wait, in here has seen wait, Mr. Holland. <laughs> Y'all never seen the movie. You Mr. seen Mr. Have, have you seen that movie? You love that. Thank you, Maddie. Yeah. Mr. Holland's Opus is starring Richard Dreyfus. It's Maddie, about he's uh, got a deaf son. He's Maddie, got a deaf he son. Opus for him. At the right. End. So listen, Maddie. He, I'm like, not gonna typecast you. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's surprised that you knew what Mr. Holland's <laughs> Opus was. I'm not gonna say nothing. I don't want. I don't want. Yo, I live a high field. Mr. Holland's <laughs> Opus. He was a music teacher, and it chronicled. Years and years and years, decades of his struggle teaching music to kids. And Sean Stockman from Voice of Men made a song called Visions of a Sunset, and it's a beautiful song. And when I feel okay. myself having a panic attack, I put this song on. My point is, eventually, your music, or probably even already right now, is going to mean that much to someone. Yeah. Do you ever feel a sense of responsibility to communicate the right things? Always. To put the right messages? And do you ever find yourself censoring or editing yourself because you feel like people might get, could like misconstrue you or take you out of context? I haven't gotten to the point where I'm editing myself when I'm conscious. Mm-hmm. I know there's a, you know, there's a nine-year-old kid that's going to be like, y'all grew up listening to St. John. If I, if I don't stop, if I just keep going on my path... There's a nine-year-old somewhere, no matter what happens in my career, it's going to be like, I grew up listening to you and your words meant something to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm conscious of that. But I don't want to live my life for the purpose of entertaining people 
or for the purpose of just principally guiding people, right? I understand that that's part of my responsibility, but I'm here too on this planet with you too, mm. figuring it out too. Mm. And that's where I'm at. Mm. So I'm responsible, but I'm growing. Right. Do you feel like we put too much, because a lot of, we, we've been talking about, obviously, with the, the R. Kelly thing and just the way we look at celebrities, do you feel like we're over-invested into people that are that are famous? Do you feel like we care too much about what they do in their personal life? Obviously, you know, R. Kelly being a different story, that was yes, yeah, another bad. thing. But, like, um, do you feel like people care too much about guys like that outside of the music? Yeah, but that's a whole, there's a culture to it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole universal culture around the world to it. So what's the point of complaining? You can't change it. I can't change that. Mm-hmm. What's the, it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it, like in the super oversimplified way, sometimes niggas think way too much about the simplest shit. The shit just entertaining. Right. People busy, they're trying to, they're looking for escape portals. That's why drug culture is resurgent. They're just trying to escape. They just want to be entertained. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of things going on. What do you think about drug culture and hip hop? I don't relate to it. I don't relate to it. Like, do you don't relate to the Mollies and the Perks and no, the Zannies and all of that stuff like uh-huh. that? Why do you think it's so prevalent now? When I was coming up, nobody mm-hmm. rapped about being on drugs. You know what I mean? That was something right. that wasn't seen. I, I'm wondering, and you know, not to say that selling drugs is better than being on drugs. I'm just wondering where the shift was. What do you think about that? Do you think, like, I remember hearing my nephew like we're at a basketball game and we're warming up, I'm about to play a league game. I hear my nephew going, "Yo, Percocet, Molly Percocet." Percocet. And that's right. not a, that's not a shot of future, nah. Because future takes Molly's and Percocets, or so that's you put in his music, whatever. But I'm just thinking, God damn, now nah, I gotta have a conversation with a motherfucking nine year old about Molly. I wasn't really planning on doing that for a while, so. How do you what, what what do you think is the the infatuation with it? I don't know. And be honest, I can't. I don't completely relate to it. When I say completely, I don't relate to it at all. But I grew up in both like eras because everybody, all of my my brothers and my seniors, they grew up in your era, just listening to the music that you grew up listening to. And I grew up listening. So I, by virtue of that, I grew up listening to that and both. Mm. But my principles come from a time that I don't even belong to. That sounds way kind. Con- that sounds so sexy. Put that shit in the book. <laughs> the shit that, the shit that grounds me, like my core values, mm-hmm. come from niggas that believe in other things that sold those sold drugs, mm-hmm. right? Sold drugs and fed their kids and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, consuming drugs just for recreation. But my self esteem and all these things are intact in a way that I don't. I probably don't need to supplement. I don't need help. I'm not looking for an escape. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a real, in real, I grew up in real dangerous scenarios. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get out. I wasn't trying to escape and stay in my situation. Work. I don't want to free my mind only. I want to be free. Mm. So I don't, re- I don't relate to just turning to drugs. Although I like edibles and shit's great. They take it. You got to be They're careful with them, man. Fuck you up. So Biggs is here. Biggs is here. Um, uh, white people clap for Biggs, man. Damn, yeah. a legend amongst you. Talk about that relationship. Okay, now. Sounded a little sarcastic, goddammit. Um, talk about that relationship a little bit. Talk about what it means to be hooked up with him, like what you guys' relationship is, um, and how you see it growing in the future, and like what it's been like since y'all came together. It's a friendship, first off, right? It was like-minded, which I didn't even, I didn't know the first time when I heard, you initiated the whole story, right? Where you started he was here, he was talking. He said he would come back if it was with me. Mm-hmm. Or the only guy that 
Oh, y'all wouldn't, y'all wouldn't, y'all had no relationship? No, we didn't have a relationship before that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I thought that you were already, that you guys. Oh, you thought it was a setup? This was not, this is. Not a setup. I thought (laughs) it was like, I thought it was in some way that you guys were were hooked up. This is, I really did not know This is in real time. This is IRL, fam. Wow. In real time. You're watching it in real time. Wow. No smoking mirrors, nothing. No, we hadn't met. We, I knew, I knew some of his other friends, Mm -hmm. right? We had other mutual friends, so when I saw him, I saw him at a uh, a fashion show. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That sounds good. Yeah, I saw him at a fashion show, <laughs> and I was at the PMR show, mm-hmm. and which was a great show. And I was like, "Yo, yo, Biggs, I, we haven't met. My name is Saint John. I know Tata, and I know James, and and he was like, "Yo, I didn't know he'd known of me or anything. I was just introducing myself." Because all of his friends, I'm friends with, and no, people you, I respect. He said he would build a music empire around you. I did. <laughs> this is just, this is sheer coincidence. Right, 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 right. And we met. So, and then we just started hanging out and just chopping it up. Mm-hmm. And he's from St. Thomas. I'm from Guyana. My model, my business model. I don't give a fuck. I don't have to hide who I am or what I believe in. My business model is based on something that he did. The two decades, it's like the back of his hand, flip of a wrist, yeah. not to be dismissive about it, but that's what it feels like when he tells me the stories of it. Mm-hmm. He could talk about it. He could talk about it like it all happened yesterday yeah. in the same day. Yeah. It's 20 years, right? right. My business model is based on that because I didn't have any business references, books to go to. I didn't have an older uncle or a father that, that was in business on business management to say, these are the these are the things you're going to need to know. Mm-hmm. So I was looking I was being raised by the television, but I was just watching the right programs. Yeah. And here's a guy that ran one of the programs. Word, word. So Full how, circle. How have things changed since you guys clicked up? I see. Has your circle expanded? You've been meeting more people? You feel like, like how, how has it been different? I'm a little bit more friendly than I used to be. Word. Yeah. Why is that? When you're, when you're in a trusted circle, you can smile a little bit more. That's it, right? I don't have to worry about that knife going in your back. Right. The room is a little bit more secure. You know where the exits are. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Right? But it feels like it. it's always been here. We, The way we connect, the way our minds work, how similarly we think, you would have thought we've known each other forever. But I think it's because I read the book. I was raised on the Rockefeller laws. Listen, bro. First of all, I want to let you know something that everybody here at TMZ knows. Um, I can rap. You could rap? I'm ill, bro. I feel like this is going in an interesting direction. All right, cool. Do it. Do what? You're going to make the... You got to rap. When you say I could rap, that's when you rap. That's not true. That's when you rap, man. I mean, that's not... That's, it, that doesn't necessarily have that's to be That's exactly the order of No, it. it's not. That's, tell me. You can't tell me. Bro, like, say, Yo, by the way, I want to let y'all know something. I could rap, and then you do and then whatever you was about do, to and do, and you go anyway. back to what you was doing. Yeah, you go right back to it, nigga. That's this is that's not the movie I'm watching. Well, that, this movie you rapping. No, nah, I'm not. Like, 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 in this movie you rapping. No, but no, it, it's first of all, I'm gonna be honest with you. One reason why, a couple of reasons why I don't rap. Right. I don't rap as much as I should. Sure. One reason is because, let's say I get on this bitch and I start rapping. Mm-hmm. Biggs is here. What right. if Biggs leaves and goes, damn? 
maybe I should actually be fucking with Van. And, and, and like, and I don't want that to happen. Because I fuck with you. Because you showed love, which uh -huh. my niggas in LA, they'll stunt you out. Came to St. John shit, and he, and he showed love. So I don't want yeah. that to happen. And then number two, like, it's just something I do as a hobby, dog. I, I mean, Me too, though. Like, like, I'm nice. You know what I'm saying? I like that. See, <laughs> look, here's, what, here's a part of the story you forgot, though. What's right? part, what part of the Biggs story? Biggs is here. Yeah. So that means if you start rapping, he going to look at me like, we're going to sign him, right? I'm be like, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> the deal will be done. We're the just going to sign you. The deal be on the table? That's it. Nah, Before man. we even walk out of here, you have an email with the So the you're numbers. So you're interested uh, so that little bit of bullshit that I put into the, uh, the so, so you're interested in also kind of being on the business side of things. Yeah, I come from the business side, mm -hmm. right? Because I came from the back door writing songs for other people. Right. So I had to be business savvy. Not to mention, you can't survive in this business without watching your numbers. Why do? Why? Why are we still here? If that's the truth, why are we still hearing the same fucked up stories? A niggas in bad deals, the niggas getting sued. What are people not learning about well, this game? The same shit the niggas been learning forever. The same things that niggas could have learned back when Cadillac Records was a thing. Mm -hmm. They didn't learn that shit in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. When hip hop was booming. It's again, it's the same cycle. N niggas is lording by the money. It's attractive. You ain't never had a dollar and a nigga offer you $500,000. That sound like all the money you need for the rest of your life. You don't care what the terms look like. Nobody guided you to figure out that you might last beyond these 12 or 18 months that this is booming. Right? You grew up in a hood. You used to run into the store every day on a daily basis. You're going to get the oodles and noodles. Right? You're going to get the soda. Mm -hmm. You ain't thinking long term. We're not structured to think long term in those circumstances. It's daily. I got to win today. Mm -hmm. So if a nigga got enough to sustain himself for 30 days, 30 days is 100 years in a hood. Right? It never evaporates. Right. And then 30 days coming to 500,000 turning to 1,000 and you fucked up again. So they, they just don't know. But they don't got the information. The information isn't broadcasted wide. That's what you know for a fact, right? Living on the internet, being any type of person is sort of vigilant and paying attention. The information is never broadcasted in a way that's easy to ingest. Never. It's always a shit you got to work for, research for, dig into. Mm. I call that cultural translation. A lot of times what has to happen is, like where I'm from, we have concepts, we have words that mean the same thing. As people say in this room right here mm -hmm. but culturally they haven't been translated right and sometimes rather than tell someone they don't know what they're talking about you have to translate your culture for them right. now you know it's a conversation to be had about whether or not you should even have to do that for someone or whether or not they're deserving of that but sometimes you have to get to a point to where you understand things and come back to the brothers that you grew up with and that you understand and that understand you and kind of give them the broader scope of yeah. things. And that's very important to do um, if, you know, we're going to have success. On your political shit, your black shit, mm -hmm. where do you stand? Like, what are, what are this is going to be the first time a lot of people have heard you. What do you see? What, what are your thoughts about what's going on in the country right now? I'm black as fuck, but politics is something I, I stay away from. Mm. I think in order to have change, you got to have economic influence and I don't have enough economic influence. You got a voice though. I got a voice that's growing. Mm -hmm. When it grows to a pivotal point, you'll hear what I have to say. Word. So you don't think that that's interesting. You don't think that is there ever <clears throat> a part of you that feels compelled to speak out or get involved just because of what you see? Like uh, when, I, when I feel that way, I do. 
Right. And I do it creatively in a way that makes sense. Sure. Your art is the way that you kind of get your ideas. Yeah, that's how I talk to the world. Do you think that too many artists, um, do you think that too many artists, like a lot of guys, and this is not to, this is throughout the whole musical landscape, a lot of people put these beautiful ideas and political thoughts um, into their their music. And then when you get them in an the interview, they sound all fucked up like they don't know what they're talking about. Do you think too many people feel the need to communicate things like that outside of art? Like, to be honest with you, it's not to diss him, it's just to, to be real with you, because um, believe it or not, I have no ill will towards this brother right now. Mm. But yay, yay for years gave us these amazing political beliefs, these amazing comments about uh, socioeconomics, about spirituality, about all of these things in his music, and they all hit and all connected to the point to where me personally, I elevated him to um, to near deity hip hop status, and then as soon as he started getting behind the mic and talking, it was all fucked up. So the question is, should he have never spoken? For one, Ye's a legend, right? Without a doubt. And I don't have to relate to him 360 degrees to respect his art. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's if he shouldn't have spoken up or if he should have. If he was compelled to and he did it. And he did it. And he has Word. to live with whatever that means, right? Because mm -hmm. you can be the public's darling until you're not, and then you're not, and you got to live with that. Right. So whatever you have to live with, you do. I don't know. I, I don't know if some people should or shouldn't speak up. That's that's almost oppressive. I can't tell a nigga even if he's not articulate. And I'm not talking about yay. I'm just saying anyone. Mm -hmm. You can't tell someone even if they can't really defend what they believe in. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not talking about him. I'm just saying you say some people have positions yeah, that they can't him, that yeah. they can't defend and they can articulate it in the music and then when you talk to them they sound crazy. Yeah. You give a nigga a microphone and a voice for the first time, he's just gonna talk. He's gonna talk. I do wonder sometimes though, with us, um and with us having so many so few voices that penetrate, uh, if strategically it would be better if some people just left it to the music and let the talkers talk, let the artists make art. Because to be honest with you, one problem that I feel, and I'll ask you about this, one problem that I feel that's going on right now, everybody can do whatever they want and everybody should be able to express themselves whatever they want. Right. It's a lot of people trying to wear too many hats. Yeah. It's a lot of people trying to wear too many hats. There are plenty of people out there working in their communities, doing their jobs, doing all that if, they, that if you really want to hear about what's happening in these different places. If you want to hear solutions to poverty, solutions to the drug war, those are the people you need to talk to. Yeah. And I don't get why we don't go talk to them. People are looking for, they just want something that seems sensational. If right. people want the answers, they'd investigate the problem. Mm. Yeah. You want sensations, so you look to celebrities, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Some people with a platform should talk. Right. They got a platform. You got you can expose some things. You can inform some people. Some people shouldn't talk, but they defer. They don't want it. You really want to fix the community. You want to save the community. You go to the community leaders. You have the real conversations. You go investigate that. Right. The musicians are the community spirit, but they're not the community leaders. You feel any pressure to be socially responsible in your music? I feel a pressure to be responsible with my language. How so? Someone's listening. Everyone's listening somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I want to I want to believe in the shit that I'm saying. Mm. Now, to pivot off that question, before you became 
big deal before your music started working. What were the five women that you wanted to slide in their DMs? And now that you about to now that you're popping and it's coming, who are the five women you're gonna slide in their DMs? Have you slid in? Have you made this happen? Like, don't look at me like that, bro, uh -huh. my brother. Like, we just talked about some real serious yeah, shit. Yeah, some real shit. Just so I could ask you this question. <laughs> it's a setup. Like, 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 I tried to wait my, till my defense you, you, you know what I'm saying? Just so I could ask you this question. So the question is, who is St. John out there like, yeah, girl, it's almost Grammy time. I see you. What's up? Who is it? That's what I would say, by the way. First of all, if I said that, it would just fuck it up, right? The whole thing would collapse. The whole structure would collapse. Know, She'd know. The one, the one... Mm -hmm. She'd know, but she I know. want her to know it's gonna happen. Oh, so right? there is somebody. Whoever it is, I'm Oh, this is a fun game. Listen, whoever it is, <laughs> it gotta happen. Hey, this this is a fun game. Mike up Mike, Mike, Mike up Simone. This is a fun game. Cause we're gonna try to we're not even gonna make you put it out there. We're gonna we're gonna play a game where we try to guess who this person is. Okay? But I need, I need. How are you going to do that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm by asking questions. Okay. I just need the participation of a black woman because we're talking about black women. And whenever you talk about women, you need a woman to participate. So, you have a, there is a girl in mind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, actress? Nah. She don't do that. Musician? Nah. She don't do that either. Model? It looked like that. It, it looks like she's a model. Ooh, we getting close. Look, look, at, look at Maddie. Look how... Who Maddie is invested. Fam, on the, in the era of Instagram, it could be anybody. Oh, so it's an Instagram model. I didn't say that. Okay, so listen. So it's an Instagram model. Everybody's on Instagram. So it's an Instagram model. So what I need you to do right now is I need you to hashtag, do a hashtag search, flat tummy T. Whoever the girl is, <laughs> oh, shit. she's an Instagram model. She's going to be selling flat <laughs> tummy T. Okay. And by the way, just let you know, she Instagram model. You could probably. I don't see why you're waiting, because it's not. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like you should probably go right now. You was in the picture with fucking Meek Mill. Like you could probably. You know what I'm saying? You could probably go ahead and and pop that off right now. I like when a woman is excited enough to do it on her own. Interesting. She she independent. Tell us about this real quick. What's your? How do you get at the ladies? Like, what do you do? Like, I say hi. You say you say hello. Hello. And then so you, but you know, let, let's be real though. Out here in LA, there's a whole different oh, vibe. It's, it's cheating. It's like cheating out here. LA, for anybody who's never been to LA, it's the shit we want to hear. It's not fair. <laughs> it's literally not fair. It's like I have, have this 10. And mm. why all you just come with me? And then y'all in the back, the 96 y'all in the back, y'all come too. Right. It's like that. That's what California's like. Right. If you a lit nigga. Right, so you're a lit, uh, a quote unquote lit nigga, friendly guy. Right, and so, um, <laughs> so you feel like the women in California, you, you're enjoying yourself out here. Is they're better than they are in New York? I I would say I have a lot of good friends in California. <clears throat> a lot of yeah. good friends in California. Yes. What's the difference between women in California and women in New York? Well, my friends in California mm -hmm. versus my friends in New York. Mm -hmm. My friends in New York are naturally a little bit more cold. A little bit more cold. New York is a colder place. It's it's cold out there. <laughs> it is. And they're wearing lugs. L uh, we've talked. You, did you get paid for that? You getting paid for it? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> Bro, you know what? A, Every time I mention lugs in a in a in a in a in an interview with a guy from New York, y'all all act like it's disgusting. <laughs> Big, you ever wore a pair of lugs before? No. <laughs> lugs. 
Lugs is a different. Is, is a different Love, song. Man. The Birdman used to have the Lugs. Used to do the Lugs. Matt, have you ever had Lugs before? Remember some lugs. That shit is a myth. So, so <laughs> L A women, L A women, they're a little, they're 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 warmer. There's just so many more bad bitches in L A. There's just so many more. The, the, the volume. The volume, yeah, every, is every, in, every it's insane. Queen. Yeah, yeah, all the pageant, beauty pageant number twos, mm-hmm. all the number two through tens are here. And you and you and St John likes them, and you you. I'm an accommodating guy, mm. and they need accommodation. They need accommodation. Yeah, bro, help. Let me tell you something, man. You got a star quality. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's something that you that you that you kind of can't teach, bro. You know, but I'm telling you right now, I think you're selling yourself short with this young lady. You think so? I think you should get at her right now, man. I think no, nah, because he'll that w- camera. Nah, I think you should look into that camera. You know what I'm saying? You should look into that camera, and whoever she is, all right? Because I feel like I know who she is. You want to know something? What? I'm gonna see if the laws of attraction work the way they're supposed to. If I just look into the camera and I tell her, "Yeah, you come," <laughs> I feel like my homie KJ. He would talk like that. You come. She gonna know whoever she is. If laws of attraction are real, I'm ready for you. You could DM me now. Feel free. God damn, man, what is going on? Like, like I should have spent some time in Guyana when I was a kid. <laughs> you know how I was? I was getting at girls even in my twenties, writing them the, you know, the "Do you like me?" Check yes, check no. Wow. <laughs> I pulled that move in college. I bet that works sometimes, though. Right? Oh my God! Listen, bro. Here's the thing. I bet that worked. I was really fat in college, like super fat, and the reality was this: they didn't even really, as fat as I was, they still didn't see me coming, cause I would right. work, bro. You know that Bryson Tiller song? I be working, <laughs> working overtime. Yeah. I would work. She so you would play long game. You long game, long game. What? Long game captain. Long game captain, wow. bro. Like long game captain, I remember like you know you 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 your 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 boyfriend some kind of kappa nigga, he out here dancing at parties and shit like that, not paying you no attention. When you get home, guess who's not doing anything? Me. Wow. I'm on the internet. Call me up. Like he is so, like just like ah oh, I can't stand. Can you believe what he did? And I'd be like, tell me what he did, girl. <laughs> You need me to write your civilization paper. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you need. And then but after a while, you know, you 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 in there. The only the only problem wow. was once you Jeez. do like like That's... once you're with these women, you sweat a lot during when you're big like that. So sometimes it wasn't everyone was why am I going this deep into this? It's real deep. It's real deep. You know, I support you. You know what? You want a book deal? I'm already writing a book about this. You're writing a book? I'm writing a book. We giving book. away book deals, Biggs? We're giving away book deals. Nah, man. I signed my book deal with some white people, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. They came to me first. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure y'all going to have a beautiful book company and stuff like that. Biggs, but I will say this before we go. Yeah. God Complex Publishing. God, God Complex, Complex Publishing. Publishing. Listen, wonderful I, place. I'll fuck with y'all. Like, I will say this, though. Biggs don't really be fucking with me. Like, I'll text Biggs, and Biggs will hit me with the fucking, the fucking New York Heisman. Like, like, I just hit Biggs like, yo, bro, because when you're texting somebody like him, you never really know what to say. Like, I, I'm not texting him like, yo, man, how about those Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't just text him like, yo, what's up? So you always have something you need to say. Like, if you feel you feel pressure, um, like when you, you text him, you're like, yo, bro. Man, I'm telling you, 2019 gonna be a big year. I got several big plays. Blah 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 blah. Like you on your shit, right? And then you you wait there, you wait for the even the little bubbles to come up, and then them bitches don't come up. Damn. You'd be like this. Is, then you know, then you come in here and we all talk, but then 
because I just want to be a part of Rockefeller too. But <laughs> you want your Rockefeller chain, Bruh, On some real shit. We was at Elliot Wilson birthday party. Shout out to Elliot Wilson, mm -hmm. and I saw Young Guru. Me and Guru was talking, and all I could think was, God damn it, I gotta get one of them fucking chains. This is sexy. You I, got one? I, no, nigga, I don't got a Rockefeller chain. I gladly will, nigga. I buy my own. I'll pay for it. What do you? Who I got invoice? Like y'all niggas can invoice me, Bigs. Bigs. Nah, let's fuck with you. Yo, Bigs. What is? He's got, got no Rockefeller. Are the Rockefeller chains, are they all, this is what I want to know. Now we just start everybody now in the conversation, just, yeah, right? Now, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Rockefeller yeah. chains, were they all previously made? Are new ones getting made and then they getting handed out? New ones getting made. All right, but there's joints in the treasure chest, like classic, classic, classics. You just trying to find Nori's, the one that I gave Nori. That's, that's the one that's disappeared. <laughs> Nori, where's Nori's Rockefeller Nori? chain? I gave Nori my original chain and it disappeared and he will not answer the question. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. To find out where Nori has Yo. Because he never signed a deal, by the way. He never signed a deal, but he kept the chain. Yes. Were you trying to get the chain back? <laughs> Up till today. Yeah, he wants right. the chain back. All right, so here's the deal. Social media, we have to find Nori's Rockefeller chain. All right. Where's Nori's Rockefeller Where's chain? Where's Nori's Rockefeller? Yeah. I'm going to use this in one of the clips. The whole internet. St. John is here with me. Facts. Biggs, we got Simone in the building. Maddie and Austin, we have to find Nori's. Nori's Rockefeller chain. Yeah. And then after we find the chain, this is what we're going to do. We have to find the chain. Nori, the homie, what's up? Salute to what's you. Up, we Nori? need to find the chain. After we find the chain, we're going to come back to the Red Pill Podcast. We're going to put the chain right here. And me and St. John going to battle for that bitch. Whoa. Deal. We gonna battle for the chain. Freestyle or pre-written? What we doing? Just don't worry about it. I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might spit some shit from the Black Album. Hey. Like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we gonna battle for the fucking chain, man. I'm gonna do the... We're gonna battle for the Rockefeller chain. We're gonna battle for the chain. I can... I you're my... a rapper, so you have to come up with original shit. I might do the third verse from Allure or some shit. <laughs> but look, listen. Nori, we need that chain. Brother, let me tell you something, bro. You're on your way, man. It feel like it. I want to make sure that you know that, especially in today's day and age, on a serious note, being somebody is a lot of responsibility. Okay? And um, people are going to look to you, not just for music, but for inspiration. They're going to look to you uh, for answers. And as long as you stay true to yourself, man, you'll be straight. The last thing I'm going to tell you is go delete your old tweets. Wow. The wild shit that you I'm not I'm being for I'm being for real. The wild shit that you said when you were 17, they're going to go get that shit. Well, last night I tweeted I'm in LA. Is any stripper has 5 to 7 minutes free to hug? So maybe I should do that. That's one of the best fucking tweets yeah. I ever heard before like, in my life. Like, you leave that one up. Yeah, that was that's a, I'm uh, I'm still getting Don't get <laughs> don't don't lose yourself out here in these streets, man. No. Cuz the building you're in right now Oh, it's a vicious, this TMZ. Vultures. Niggas, listen, I voluntarily Vultures. came in here. You know what that means when a nigga voluntarily comes in, because I'm right? So I'm that big a voice for the culture He came to make right peace. Now. He yeah. sound like, who sound like? He sound, I'm just, I'm, you got to say just like that with that intensity. I'm just that big a voice for the culture right now. What was that sound like? That nigga sound like Funk Flex. Oh, no! No! That nigga sound like. No! Just that. No! No, no, no disrespect to Flex. 
But I'm not trying to get a thousand calls from Dash tonight. So <laughs> I'm not trying to have Dame. Yo, you with them now? Nah, then no, we cool. No disrespect. St. John, everybody in the room, clap for this brother right here, man. Clap for the whole movement. We out. Thanks to Biggs. Thanks to St. John. Also, thanks to Blinkist for supporting today's episode. In today's age, it can be hard to sit down and learn more. You may think you don't have time to read a book. Well, think again. Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways. So you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for just our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash P-I-L-L to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist. Spell B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash pill to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist is going to help you get smarter, healthier, and more informed. Use it now. That's Blinkist.com slash pill.